thanks for downloading this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get the new messages every week. We appreciate your support. Enjoy the message. So turn to somebody and say, disconnect from troublemakers. Amen. Disconnect from troublemakers because troublemakers carry trouble and they will hinder you from becoming everything that God intended for you to be. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 12 in the New Revised Version says, Some people are just troublemakers. If you are wondering why are they troublemakers, the word says they're just troublemakers. They are always thinking of some crooked plan. And they are always telling lies. They take a story and stretch it. They look at a situation not really taking time to study the situation. They start gossip. They see a person not knowing their background. They judge them. Some people are just troublemakers. Why are they behaving this way? Because they are just troublemakers. It's in their DNA. But the good thing is that God can change your DNA though. When you get close to God and you get close to anointed teaching, your life will never be the same. They are always thinking of some crooked plan and telling lies. They are jealous, envious, angry people. Jesus said, don't be a troublemaker. Because God hates, you know, you, you see very few things in the, in the Bible. It says God hates troublemakers. But sometimes, you know, the translators can't translate a Hebrew word into uh, English. God loves people, but he hates some behavior in people. So when he says God hates troublemakers, it means that they, he hates their behavior. Still loves them, wants them to come to the knowledge of the Lord, wants their lives to be changed. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19 says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Prideful eyes, people who think that they can do without God. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Not necessarily people who go uh, around telling truth. People who do not line up with the word of God. If you say something that is not in line with the word of God, you are a liar. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord or division among brothers. Like I've said in all of the teachings that we've done, there's nothing God dislikes any more than people that bring division, whether it is into family or business or church or relationships. People who are tail bearers, they're troublemakers. Let me say this, that from time to time in your job, in your church, with your boss, there may be something that you don't like about this situation. The right thing is to go to the people that are involved and to express your concerns. The wrong thing is to talk bad behind their backs to stir up trouble. We talked about Korah, who rose up against Moses because 
Moses supposedly was getting all the attention. He accused Moses of thinking that he's all that. That maybe Moses was. But let me tell you this, at some point, a Korah will come to you, to Bathmas, your pastor, your friend, your wife, your husband, sometimes your children. Don't just sit there inactive. Let people, letting people dump their trash in you. How many of you know that you are not a trash can? Amen. Your ears are not trash cans. Amen. The Bible says, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Not the sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, don't take a walk with them. Don't sit with them and talk about things that they don't know anything about. Don't get on the phone and talk about people that you don't know. Even if you know them and even if they, what you know is true, pray for them. Don't sit there inactive and let people dump their trash in you. Some of you are like my first lady. First lady will say to you, now stop it. Because first lady is one of those in the face. You, you know what I talk about. She says, stop it. I don't want to hear it. That's my friend that you are talking about. And maybe some of us haven't gotten there yet. You can just say to the person, you know, I need to make a phone call. And just put your phone on your ears and call the Lord. You say, you're lying. No, you're talking in your spirit to the Lord. Get this person away from me. <laughs> Maybe you can say, well, uh, I need to use the restroom. Practice it until you can get in their face. And they, I say, get away from me. Don't sit there inactive and let people dump their trash in you. You have to be bold to say, no, thanks. Some of the no, thanks. No, this is not for me. Always remember that. When you point one finger at a person, yes. somebody tell me, how many are pointing to you? Three. three. You are pointing three fingers at yourself. You know what my prayer for myself is? That, that I may pray for people instead of judge them. Yes. Yes. I'm praying that I don't judge people, I don't evaluate people, I don't say anything about people unless I have walked in their shoes. Let me let that sink in. That should have been S-H-O-E-S. But you know, sometimes when I type something, uh, the computer thinks that he knows, it knows better than I do. I just put it his word there. And sometimes when I, I edit it, I don't catch it until I'm on the pulpit. Thank God for, uh, for uh, those that helped me. Hopefully they caught that. I just caught that. Until you walk in people's shoes, don't talk about them. I'm praying that I may cover people with love instead of expose them with judgment. Who knows what I'm talking about? Amen. We talked about Miriam. The other, me talk about Korah uh, the other day. Today we're going to be talking about Miriam. In other words, sometimes it can be somebody from outside, but sometimes it can be a family. In the Bible, Moses' sister Miriam got into trouble with God because she became a troublemaker. How did that happen? It just happened that Moses was married to a Cushan or Ethiopian woman. You know, some time ago, I was with a particular, 
person I was talking about, uh, uh, something I don't even know how we got into interracial marriage. He said, Brother Joshi, don't say that. Because there's a reason why God made people white and black. Now, let me tell you this. It wasn't, that person wasn't a heathen. She was a believer. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. But she hung around people. Hopefully, she was not taught that in her church. But she hung around people who believed that white people should stay on their side. Black people should stay on their side. I remember when I first came to this country, I loved the Lord, truly loved the Lord, serving the Lord. But there was a friend that uh, we used to uh, go to church together. So he picked me up at the airport on Saturday, Sunday. I asked him, are you going to church? He said, no, I don't do church anymore. I said, why? He said, I'm not going to go into that. I said, but uh, can you drop me off in a church? And uh, I think he set me up. <laughs> he dropped me off at this church. And as soon as I wanted to go to that church, the usher that was uh, sitting people, he left. Yeah, he just moved away. So I went to that church. I sat like Marisa is sitting there at the end of the seat. And he filled the seats and then sat, I'm just going to go here, and sat a, a beautiful white lady on the end. And then when they filled the seats, I was sitting at that end because I just came from England. In England, when you go to church, they fill the church and they, you know, they fill the church until they, and they, so when they came, they sat <laughs> the next person behind us. And so I remember like it was yesterday, it was in 1977. So that young lady was turn, uh, still and look at me, and I still look at her. He said, and I she was say, what is he doing here? I've never seen anything like this. But you know, I was younger than I am now. So the next Sunday, you know, I decided I was going to go to church late. And I was just going to sit where I want to sit. So I decided when I, uh, the church usually starts at 11 o'clock. So I waited until about 11.30. When I walked in, you could see, you could see the usher turn red. And he wanted, I don't know where he wanted to sit me. I just bursted in and shook him off. And went all the way to the front and they just shoved myself in. Now I tell you, I was younger than this. And uh, so, the man, the man uh, that, I was, that, that I was sitting by, you know, I was sitting close, he was red, he was so angry. And he literally closed his, they were singing, holy, 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 <laughs> Lord God Almighty. He literally closed his hymn book and put it, you know, it was a church that, you know, you put the hymn book, uh, <laughs> So I remember just like it was yesterday, Dennis, I took that hymn book, opened it, and shoved it on his face. In my heart, I said, you have to sing with me because you brought this thing to us in Africa. <laughs> That's exactly what. <coughs> so I decided I was not going to go to that church anymore. So one day, I was sitting 
I was sitting in the cafeteria, so I saw this couple praying before they ate, because in our school, people don't pray before they eat. So I went and asked the couple, I said, are you Christians? And he said, yeah, we are Christians. Are you born again? And he said, yeah, we're born again. I said, where do you go to church? And they went to church like in, I, I was living in like military, but they came, when went to church like in uh, Eatonton. I said, could you pick me up on Sunday so I could go to church with you? So Sunday they picked me up. And they said to me, I could feel that those, the, the couple, they were neighbors, because all eyes were on me. And they could not wait to finish. Both of them sang in the praise and worship team. And they could not wait to come, come down and deliver me. <laughs> so I went to that church a few weeks, and then one day they said that they were going to have a they were going to have it. I'm saying this, when you see people, don't judge them until you know their whole story. So one day they said, we are gonna, that our evening service is gonna be different, we're gonna see a movie. So they were devoting that evening to show a movie on the second coming of Christ. So when I, I went to that church, they turned on the movie. I'm not going to name the denomination, but the movie was produced by the denomination. And I saw there, and uh, I can't even remember what was on the movie, except that uh, when, at some point, Jesus was coming. <laughs> and when the rapture took place, all of the white people, boom, 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 they were gone. And you look at the street, there were all of these black people, black prostitutes who were soliciting for, for, for business. And some of them, this is true. I'm not making up this story. These black people, some of them were smoking dope. The others were going around. I mean, all of the white people were gone. And I decided it was not going to go. I decided, I said, if heaven is like this, I might as well just go to hell. That's exactly what. From that time on, I never went to church until I saw this lady. This lady, when I talked to her about my experience, I said, do you know that there's a, a, a black church across the street gave me the address? I looked at that lady, I said, if I go to heaven and I find out that there is a different section for black and white, I'm going to go to hell. Amen. That's exactly what I do. From that time, I was angry. I was mad. I decided I wasn't going to go to church. You have to remember that I was born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, everything. Don't judge people. This could have happened to a white person. It could have happened to a Hispanic, an Asian. That's not, the, the color is not the thing, but the heart. I'm talking about don't ever judge people until you know the kind of experience that they've had in life. So Moses was, so this lady, she said to me, brother, I don't know about that. It's the reason why God made us black and white. He didn't want us to mix. And I'm saying, what am I doing sitting here, fellowshipping with you? Mm. Miriam did not like the fact that Moses' wife was a foreigner. 
for all of you watching me, it doesn't have to do with color because I have seen black people discriminate against white people. There's a guy that used to come to this church and, uh, and uh, one, one day when I came, I did not see him and he wanted so much to recruit me to that, uh, what do you call it, uh, whatever the, 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 the black, uh, the black whatever organization. I said no, because God has called me in this city to preach to people and not to just preach to an ethnic group. And one time he actually went and bought the membership of that organization, paid money and bought it and gave it to me. I said to him, you can put that thing in the trash or you can go and get your money back because I'm not, and, and he got mad. He said, you, you care too much to white people and left the church. He's struggling right now. I'm not going to go into even details because I don't want you to know who the person is. What I'm saying is, is that uh, don't criticize people because when Moses ran, he ran to Africa. And thank God that God had touched his life, that he wasn't waiting to get back to where he could marry an Israelite. He just married the person that God put into his life. So Miriam started talking behind Moses' back, criticizing him. You know, I can hear her telling her other brother, Aaron, I really don't like this new girl in our family, this foreigner. Yeah, I know that she's beautiful, she's nice, but she's not one of us. You know, in our culture, we don't marry foreigners, not even, you know, let alone Ethiopians. I know why she wanted to be a part of this family. She likes Moses' looks. And you know what, Moses is about to make a movie. Or Moses just finished making a movie and is being on top of the chart. He's waiting for the royalty to come in. Not interested in Moses. She's just waiting for the movie royalties. That's coming soon. Don't judge people. Don't somebody say, don't judge people. Don't somebody say, mind your business. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, make it your ambition. What is it? Make it your ambition. Something that uh, you, 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 uh, you want to make us your destiny. Make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Don't somebody else be quiet. I'm going to protect you. Turn to somebody and say, be quiet. Live a quiet life. Make it your ambition to live a quiet life and to mind your own business. <laughs> it seems like Paul was living today. Two somebody again say, mind your own business. Amen. Essentially, what Paul was saying was this. Don't be a busybody. Don't try to know everything about everybody. Mind your business. Let me tell you this, that there are some things that you shouldn't have an opinion. And if you do, you should keep it to yourself unless people ask you. And if they're asking you to just draw you to make, to make a, a to, to, to just smear that person's character, just take a bathroom break. Because when you think about it, it's hard enough for you to run your own life. 
May I say that again? Yes, sir. It's hard enough for us to run our own life. Amen. Amen. You know, a few minutes ago, I was talking about that. Uh, I was talking about that uh, uh, experience that I had in in Kansas. But I remember when Dennis came to this church. All the black people, they were neighbors. I still remember one person coming to me and said, I'm tired of all of these white people coming to take over what we've done. They left, but we're still here. But look at what God has done. I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm just going to do what God... When, when we started this church, the, the, the word that God gave to us is, is that this church is a house of prayer for all peoples. And that's what we are going to do. When you think about it, it's hard for you to run your own life. So why do you try to run somebody else's life if you can't run your life? Numbers chapter 12 verse 1 says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. Now don't raise your hands. What would you do? If you are a black person and your daughter, your oldest daughter, walks in with a white man, would you freeze? Go to the closet to get a gun? I would say hallelujah. Because when we were growing up in Nigeria, God is my witness. I did not even know that there is discrimination. I did not. Because missionaries used to come to our house and we would cook Nigerian food and eat and then after, her, uh, after we had Bible study and then we would listen to classical music. That's how I fell in love with classical music until my wife throws away all my records. I still sneak out every now and again and listen to my classical though. I'm telling on myself. And then the next Wednesday, we will go to the missionary's house and she will cook us English food and we will eat, have Bible study and just play dominoes or, or scrabble. That's how I learned how to play dominoes and scrabble. So I never really knew that there was discrimination until I went to Bible college, some of the Bible college. Bible college. <laughs> until I went to Bible college in Britain. One day this guy came to me and he said, you know, you have really changed my perception of black people because I never really knew that black people were intelligent. Because when we went to the classroom and we studied, I beat them hands down because I was angry. I was, a, a, how do you, do you know that you can have a, an angry Christian? because they didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I said, I'll see you in the classroom. But this young man, he came and confessed. He said, you know, you've completely changed my perception of black people. And I'm glad that he did that. So don't judge people until you get to know them. Oh, I used to love to go to that classroom and take a test. The same thing when I was in college in Kansas. And they, they, this, this guy's, this guys always said to me, why are you here? Why don't you go back to your homeland? I said, I'm here to study. 
and they will go on and say, say no, no, I'm not gonna talk to you. Let the grace come out. Just give me your social security number. How many of you remember the time that uh, they never sent the grace, uh, there was no computer? So you will go to a, a board and they will put your social security number and put your grace up there. Sometimes it's family. Let me tell you this, it's easy to have opinion on, on, uh, about everything and everybody. Tell people what we think, what we would do, and what they should not do. But let me give you a key to living a peaceful, mind, a peaceful life. Turn to somebody and say, the key is mind your own business. Because who they marry, what they drive, where they live is not your business. Amen. I'm just saying this in the, be, in the nicest way that I can. How they spend their money. Some of them have they spend their money. It's none of your business. If they want to spend their money to buy a luxury car, that's their business. Amen. If they just want to spend their money, not buying anything and always having to ask you to give them a right, then one day you will just have to tell them, how about you just believe the Lord for some money? You seem to earn more than I do, but you are always asking me for a right. While Miriam was criticizing Moses, suddenly her skin was full of leprosy. It seems like too extreme just for talking about your family member, but that's how God, it wasn't God that gave him leprosy, but when you, join the chorus family group, you've just walked away from the Moses' group. You are opening yourself to whatever the enemy can do to you. But that's how much God doesn't like when you show discord, division. He knows how harmful strife and division can be. But look at what Moses did. Instead of saying, save your right, he prayed for Miriam. But God said, you know, this girl is not going to learn. Uh, just send her out of the camp. And she was sent out of the camp for seven days. The Bible clearly states that while Miriam was outside, the children of Israel could not move forward. No, you, you haven't got me. Because of this mouth-mouthing, it affects the movement of the entire country. You don't know how much power that you do have. The thing is, is that people who were innocent are affected because of this behavior. In 2 Samuel chapter 20, David had a man named Sheba criticizing him, bringing conflict, trying to make him look bad, showing discord in the, sowing discord in the people. He told the people that they should reject, see, Moses has forced for so many years to become the leader of the 12 tribes. So this guy, Sheba, was from the tribe of Israel. He told the people that they should reject Moses' leadership. That day, every tribe, 11 tribes, deserted David except the tribe of Judah. The other 11 tribes went with Sheba as a leader. The truth is, we all have some troublemakers around. You can't live very long without either having a brother or sister troublemaker or someone else from outside trying to 
baits you into that group. It's easy to try to strengthen, to try to strengthen, uh, try to strengthen out troublemakers. What do you need to do with these people? Don't preach to them because they have heard the preaching for so long. They have been immune. Just pray for them. It's easy to get baited into conflict because that's their goal. When these people come to you, they've already done their homework. They've already lied. You've got to say this and they've got to say that. You've got to say this and they've got to say that. So there's no need to argue with them. Just pray for them. Because the goal is to distrust you from the call that God has placed on your life. To get you fighting battles that you are not supposed to fight. Someone said, no. no. You can't stop people from sowing discord. But you can stop it from getting in to distract you. You don't have to get upset, get riled up, get worked up. What you have to remember is that nobody can stop your destiny. People can't stop the plan that God laid out for your life. Turn to somebody and say, stay on the high road. Let God take care of your business. Let him take care of the troublemakers. Because he knows how to silence the people that are trying to discredit you. You know, we always quote Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. We don't know what... One of the meanings of that portion of the scripture is don't fight with people who are trying to accuse you because God will find them to be, to be at fault. Isaiah 54, 17 says, but in that coming day, some of the, that day is today. In that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. How many of you here are servants of the Lord? Then let him fight your fight. The vindication will come from me. In other words, God said, I'm going to vindicate you. He said, I, the Lord, have spoken. Turn to somebody and say, be calm. Don't get worked up. Psalm 57 verse 6 says, my enemies have set up a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep hole in my path. In other words, they're trying to get you to fall into the hole and break your knee and get hurt. But they themselves have fallen into the pit. No, you did not get it. It's a way that God is saying, I'm going to vindicate you. Unfortunately, David got upset, got all riled up, worked up. He didn't like this Sheba person. But you have to remember that when you get worked up, you want to walk in the flesh and do something about it. He was going to do something about this and stop this man. He told the man, the troublemaker Sheba is going to harm you. Quick, take the troops and chase after the man. He did not have to take the troops and chase the man because God would vindicate him anyway. I want you to remember that David had defeated powerful armies brought down experienced military leaders. But now David has ignored all that God had done for him. He's running after this man, taking his old troop, but now he's chasing after this one Sheba. David made up his mind that he was going to stop him. Am I talking to you about you? You made up your mind that you're going to stop them. No, let God stop them. David meant chase after Sheba, but he ran to his hometown. 
There he barricaded himself behind the walls. David's men started tearing the wall of the city down. See, they got a tear of this city because of one man. And while they were doing that, a lady, somebody say a lady. Somebody say, thank God for ladies. Now do it like you believe. Say, thank God for ladies. So a lady came out and said, why are you destroying our city? Then she, she asked, what do you want? They said, all we want is a man named Sheba. And the lady said, you didn't have to tear down our city. All that you had to do was just let me know what you wanted. She says, fine. And in a little while, Sheba's lifeless body was thrown over the wall. What happened? God was showing that he'll deal with their troublemakers. He was showing us that he will take care of the people that are spreading rumors, negative words about you. Now, don't do like David did. Get all worked up. Tell somebody, don't get all worked up. Don't Don't think that you have to pay them back. No, stay in peace. Somebody, stay stay in peace. Because God sees what you are going through. He sees what is happening. Told you somebody said the battle is just yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's not going to let the sower of discord continue to succeed. Now I want you to listen to me, my friend. You don't have to fight. May I say that again? You don't have to fight your enemies. You don't have to fight troublemakers. That's not your battle. What you need to do is to disconnect from any discord. Stay away from troublemakers. Don't sit inactive when those that are, when those that are trying to rile you up, keeping you stirred up. Is there anybody who's been there? Or oh, I'm just, I'm the only person. Hopefully you're not the person that I'm talking about. Don't let those seeds of discontentment take root. Because let me tell you this, you have a job to do and a destiny to fulfill. You don't have time for troublemakers. This is what I say, you don't have time for troublemakers. Now pay attention to who you are letting speak into your life, who you spend most of your time with. Don't go with the chorus and don't go with the Miriams. Now you can go with Miriam, my niece though, not the other Miriam. No, you did not hear me, but that's okay. Don't get so worked up because people are talking about you and don't go around talking about people. Just let God lead you. And if you will take this message and apply it in your life, like David, God will defeat all of the troublemakers in your life. He will turn all negative situations around to your advantage. God will vindicate you, promote you, and shame your troublemakers. He'll take you to levels, take your business, take your family, Ethel Stevens, to levels and levels and levels, higher levels of destiny. To God alone be glory forever and ever. Did anybody get anything out of it this morning? Thank you for listening to Changing Mindset Podcast by Pastor George Uta. Help us to share this message. We hope you will subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired during the week. We are praying for you. We know God best for you is still ahead. Call 706-485-0166 for more information and be blessed.